This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. All right, so we're here on the KPOV Tuesday Point and Critical Conversations, uh, talking with Dan and Tina Homan about their experiences with Habitat for Humanity, Bend, and Redmond. Uh, they purchased a home through Habitat and uh, lived there for uh, 20 years, 18 years, almost exactly, exactly 18 years, right? And... Um, and so we'll just be talking to them about their experiences with, with uh, the Habitat home and how their lives have changed uh, in the interim. So, uh, Dan and Tino, welcome to The Point. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. So can we start out with just uh, talking a little bit about yourselves, like now, like your life, your family, your home, working if you're, you're still doing that? Um, yeah. So it's been fantastic. Um, because we're multi-generational in our home, and that's been a, a really neat experience that we're able to do that. Um, so we uh, actually adopted our grandchildren, and so they're with us. And then my parents were in were in kind of a tough financial position and really couldn't keep going the way they were. And so we built a small apartment for them in our home, and so we have them under our roof also. And it's it was really good we could do that for them. Mm-hmm. They were able to enjoy it together for almost exactly a year before my mom had a stroke, and Tina became her full-time caregiver. And so it wouldn't have been possible without having them in our home under our, our own roof. Yes. And so to have that, to be able to use what has has come our way, uh, the benefits of how things played out, and then to be able to share that in a multi-generational setting like that has been a real blessing for us and obviously for them also. When you say your home, you're, you're talking about your current home. Yes. It is. So our Habitat house was actually on the west side of Bend, which we are very grateful that uh, we ended up on the west side of Bend because property values over there uh, kind of skyrocketed. So we were able to sell our Habitat house and buy a house on the east side that had uh, three quarters of an acre and it was a little larger. And and when we moved in, it had two garages that my husband was very excited about because we were going to have his and hers garages and he was going to have his big shop. Uh, but, uh, you know, God had other plans for that. So uh, one of those garages, it was a 650 square foot shop space, ended up being an apartment for his parents. Um, So that worked out very well. But all that to say, there is no way we would have been able to get the house that we are in right now without starting out with our Habitat house that we lived in for 18 years and loved it. We called it our little yellow cottage, and um, we adored it. So. All right. So uh, thank you. So in your house, you have the two of you, Dan and Tina, uh, Dan's parents. And your two grand. How old are your grandchildren? They're thirteen. They're they're twins. They're twins, right? Thirteen-year-old twins. Yeah. So the multi-generational thing is amazing. We actually, our uh, daughter lives with us with our grandson. Okay. He's seven. Yep. So it's it's. uh, I I I love that we're doing that. That we identify with that Mm -hmm. lifestyle, and it's beautiful. Yes. Right. It's a little crowded, but uh, (laughs) 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 got some agreement on that. Yes. What were your lives like before your Habitat house? 
as as I think back about that time, um, our story isn't unique. No, we recognize that there are so many people in that situation. But for us, we were both working. We were working hard. Uh, we were doing our best to pay the bills, and we'd kind of just barely stay above water, and then something would go wrong. You know, a car would break down, or or those kinds of things. And man, now you're now you're underwater, mm-hmm. and and then we had some medical expenses that were that were really starting to skyrocket, and we just were we just felt like we were just beat down over and over, despite doing our best and trying hard to make it work. It, we just kept getting pushed down and down. We were living in a home that was pretty rough. It was a rental here in town in Bend. Well, and we lived in multiple multiples. homes. Yes. Okay. And when we moved here um, from the coast, we actually lived on the coast. We were born and raised there. And then we moved here, and um, it, it didn't improve a lot. The housing market back then when we moved was about like it is now, you know, not as bad, but it was hard to find a place to stay. And uh, yeah, that was that was tough. And it seemed like we should have sat down and counted how many times we moved before the Habitat House because it was a lot. Yes. It was probably uh, every year and a half maybe because the house would fall down around us for some reason or the rent would go up or, you know, whatever. We had to move for jobs or whatever. There was always something. So there was no security there. Nothing stable no. about that as we're trying to raise children in that yeah. environment. They never had that stability of a place yeah to to settle in yeah. you know the basic needs that yeah. we really need is you know food and housing and if you if you don't have that it's hard to move beyond, beyond. to take yeah. care of the other things that children especially mm-hmm. need and we did have houses i mean literally fall down around us we mm-hmm. had a house when we first moved here, we lived on Georgia Street in a lovely little neighborhood, but the house was built in the twenties and had a lot of issues and and kind of the final straw was when the ceiling in our bedroom fell on our bed that was kind of that was yeah, yeah, that was not it. good that was not <laughs> yeah. a good thing, yeah, but there was a number of things. We had a hot water heater in another house uh that had gone bad. We had to move out of the house because it was a fire hazard. there was just uh, one thing after another after another. there was just so many issues, so moving into um a stable situation was life-changing. I, I can't even describe how life-changing it was. Mm-hmm. And so the, the time you're talking about is the 90s, mm-hmm. right, here in Bend. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Mm-hmm. And and I'll get back to your story, but one, uh, one thing that to ask about and point out is that I think a lot of people, especially people who are more recent in Bend, I moved here in 98, mm-hmm. think that the affordable housing issue is is fairly recent. Mm-mm. So there was a there was a difficulty with affordable quality housing back in the 90s as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we um you know, when we moved here and we're trying to find a place to stay, we moved here for Dan's job um because he had work here and when we came, we went to house after house after house, apartment after apartment and you would just lay your application on top of 50 other applications. And you knew there was just no way that you were going to get in. And it was because uh, a, a friend of Dan's grandmother, 
who we were living with at the time, who I'm sure was very excited to get us out of her house, <laughs> said, you know, hey, I'm getting ready to move out of my house. Why don't you talk to my landlord? And so it was because we went in the back door, because we knew somebody who knew somebody that we were even able to find a place. Um, because up until then... There was, I don't know how many applications we put in. Yeah, very discouraging. It was very discouraging. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. So how did you get involved or learn about Habitat for Humanity? Um, actually, I started by volunteering for them. The volunteer program is incredible. Yeah. I just felt like we needed to give somewhere and just try to make a difference where we could. I was a painting contractor at the time. And so I was able to step in and do paint some of the units for them. And, wow, I just really enjoyed working with the volunteers that were there. The interaction was great. And it was actually one of the volunteers that suggested that this might be a good fit for our family. And I, I hadn't even really considered that, didn't know much more about it didn't fully understand how it worked, but someone stepped up and said, hey, maybe you guys should apply for a home. At this time, you had children. How many children did you have? At this point, we had uh, two children. Okay. Um, no, yes, we had three children already at this point. So, um, yeah, our youngest one was only about a year old okay. when we did this. Yeah. All right, so young children. Somebody suggested that you apply for Habitat for Humanity. And did you go through a process of deciding whether you wanted to do that, and how was that? Um, I don't remember it being a big decision. It was like, well, we might as well give it a try. You know, there's I, nothing to lose. I remember it the same way, that mm -hmm. it was this thing that, oh, well, yeah, let's try that. I mean, we've, we've got to find something. Mm -hmm. We're just not going to make it the way we're going right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think at the time... We were in a crisis because we, at the time, were renting your parents' house. They had bought a house in Sun River, but they were getting ready to move back, and we had to move, and we couldn't find anywhere to move. We literally got to the point where we thought we were going to be homeless. We really thought we were going to have to live in our car or with friends or whatever, and that's hard with three kids. Yes. Um, so it was a very stressful time. So when somebody made the suggestion, hey, maybe you should try this out, we were like, oh, yeah, maybe we should because we were desperate. Yeah, and the process was relatively painless. It wasn't difficult. It was stressful just because, you know, once we got through the first couple of steps and realized this could really be a thing. We got kind of invested. And then, of course, it's like, oh, boy, I hope we, you know, it's like wanting to win a game or something. I don't know. But um, but it got a little it got a little stressful after that point for us. Um, apparently, everyone on staff at the time at Habitat knew that we were a shoe in. They were like, oh, well, we knew you were going to get the house. As a matter of fact, we finally ended up calling. Well, did we get did we get accepted or not? And they were like, well, of course you were accepted. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was never a question as to whether or not to do it, but there okay. was a lot of, there was a lot of stress along the way though, still. The process is, is, is similar to buying a house that's not through Habitat for Humanity. Is that correct? Somewhat. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the difference is probably, you know, to, 
to buy a house, you have to make a certain amount of money. Right. And, and to buy a Habitat house, you also have to make a certain amount of money, but you can't make more than a certain amount of money. So there is a narrow sliver where you qualify um, because you have to make enough to be able to pay the mortgage um, because unlike a lot of people think, you do pay a mortgage with Habitat, but you also can't be able to pay a mortgage in a regular house or what's the point? Right. So it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a narrow sliver there. It's my understanding that the mortgage rate or the the payments are set at a level that's mm-hmm. related to the income of the mm-hmm. people that are owning the home. Is that that's correct? That's true, and I'm not sure what it is currently, okay. um, and I'm not sure I even remember exactly what the numbers were when we applied. It's been a long time ago now, um, but happily we fit into that little niche. And we went through the program with probably four other families at the same time that were accepted. And so, and we kind of all went through the, you know, you do training classes, you do your volunteer hours. And uh, so you kind of get to know some of the other families quite well. And we got to know the staff at the time very well. Bruce Abernathy was actually the director at the time. And um, yeah, we got to know all of them very, very well. They, they, came to dinner at our home and we yeah uh, it was um it was it was a, actually a really nice experience that part of it and you referenced in some of the stuff i've seen uh before we got together today that that you did what's called sweat equity yes <laughs> can you talk about that that process and that is that part of the program for everybody yes it is so uh, what what does that involve yeah for one thing what i appreciate early on, of course, is you're putting in sweat equity in someone else's home. Mm -hmm. They haven't started your home yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's neat to work side by side with volunteers, work to help another family. Mm -hmm. That interaction is so healthy. And a a big piece of why I love what Habitat is doing, Mm -hmm. it's like an old-fashioned barn raising. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have the mechanics to do that in in a town like this to say, oh, let's rally the neighbors and help uh, a family who's kind of having a tough time. And so Habitat steps in and creates that environment to have that happen. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a good old-fashioned barn raising. But we're we're working together with volunteers and other families – um, and and as a family, um, at the time that we did it, and again, I don't know what the current recommendations are, but it was required that you put in 500 hours of sweat equity. And that counts as your down payment, because obviously most of us going through the program don't have money stocked away. So that was our down payment for the home. It's a lot of work. You know, and so we always tell people we've had a couple friends who have gone through the program. One of them actually did get a house, and we have warned them ahead of time. It's a lot of work. You need to be prepared to set your life aside for a while, but it's mm-hmm. totally worth it in the end. Along the same lines of that barn raising is that mortgage payment goes right back into the program and is paying for the next home. Mm-hmm. So again, a kind of an enclosed system where our mortgage payment really was making a difference for that next family and getting that next house out of the ground. Uh, So what an opportunity, uh, that interaction and that interrelational Mm -hmm. thing going on um, that makes all of that possible. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a housing experience. It's a community experience, right? It sounds like what you're describing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's sort of a pay it forward mm-hmm. uh, kind of experience as well. Yes. And and so at some point, right, you got a key and got to go in your new house. Mm-hmm. Can you describe what that was like? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would like to just back yeah, up please just, do. A, just a moment please do, uh, because there's another piece of the puzzle in, in our situation. Um, when a Target store moves into oh, a, a new town, uh, they sponsor a Habitat house entirely. And so not only do you have the volunteers from Habitat and other families that you're working side by side, but in this case – Employees from other Target stores around Oregon yeah. would come in and and help build that home. Yeah. So again, a great relationship mm-hmm. with someone that's trying to make a difference in a very tangible way. But it's not just a it's not just a handout. It's really a hand up, and we're working side by side to make that happen. Yes. You know, no one's just doing it for somebody. We're working on that together. And so it was, we were a family that was a good fit mm-hmm. for Target. Uh, their timeline is, is much quicker than a normal Habitat build because they want the family in the home when the store opens. Yes. So grand opening of the store includes a lot of posters and pictures of us. Our our family and our story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of um, a lot of PR, a lot of yeah. Um, yeah there was a lot of that going on. Um, so it did make it a very quick build because standardly a Habitat house, at least at the time, and again this has been some time ago, it could take a year, eighteen months. Some people would take up to two years before they would actually get into their house. We were in, we broke ground in September and we were in our house by February. It was a very fast build because we didn't have to wait um, for any of the utilities or anything because Target paid for everything. So, and they, I'm sure, paid extra if they had to to be sure that it all got done on time. Um, So it went very, very fast. So we were concerned about getting in our sweat equity hours, but it didn't turn out to be a problem because we quit counting it. I thought it was 1,500. turns out it was actually 1,200 hours that we quit counting on. I don't know how many hours we ended up with when we were all said and done. But yeah, that's real work, and especially in that yeah. five-month period. You, y'all were busy. We were very busy. It yeah. worked out extremely well. I was a contractor, painting contractor at the time. I was working on a job where we had to work at night because yes. it was a commercial building. And so I would work at night and then work on our own home yes. uh, during the day. And we were highly motivated because at the time we were living in a friend's unfinished dome house because, as I said, we had to move out of my in-law's house. They were in the process of building a dome house. We're in the middle of winter. It had no insulation. And we, when it was we, just a shell. When we moved in, we put up very lovely and highly privatized uh, blue tarp walls. Um, so you, did, you everybody knew everybody's business for a while while we were there. And we had three small kids. Uh, 
and it was cold. We would wake up and it would be frozen inside the house oh, sometimes. Goodness. So we were very motivated <laughs> to yeah. get into the house. So we worked long, hard hours. And yeah. I remember being there after everyone else was gone. And it would just be Dan and I once the house was closed in and we would be doing some of the finishing stuff. And Dan was having the time of his life. This was like... I don't know, getting to play all day, every day. He loved it. I, on the other hand, was miserable because I didn't understand what I was doing. I'm not good at these things. And one night we were working and it was very late. And he was said something about how this has just been the greatest few months of my life. And I, that was it. I, I lost it. I broke down and I said, what are you talking about? This has been the worst. Day. And he just looked at me like, what are you, what? <laughs> he had no idea. Yeah. So it was, there was a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, um, but it, it, it did come together very quickly, a lot of work, and then back to your, yes, we did so finally your question, get the So and I, I suppose there's definitely something to the, the idea that the extent of effort put into something, right, really you know, increases the satisfaction of, oh. of, of the reward of, of getting there. So what was it like to, to get into your new home? So that, that was amazing because one of, the, one of the simplest things that people take for granted is just being able to close a door. And we couldn't do that for quite some time. Living in this empty shell, you know, with tarp w walls up. And so that was that was one of the big things was... I remember just... going into our bedroom and closing the door and thinking, I'm all by myself. <laughs> it was like the angels sang. It was wonderful. And then the other one was turning a knob and having heat come on. It was a wonder, yeah. you know. And it wasn't that we had been without it forever. It had only been a few months. But my goodness, you so appreciate those things. Yes. So our move-in was maybe to us more spectacular than the average because we had been a bit deprived of some of those standard things. But it was quite wonderful. And, um, and we moved in as quick as we could. I followed the uh, the person around that was going to give us our final approval to move in. And he said, well, you know, this bathtub needs it. And I ran out and I grabbed this gun. I, I'll take care of it right now. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever had such an eager homeowner. And oh. you knew how to do that by then. Right? Oh, From yeah. all your work. <laughs> yes, we learned a lot. Yeah. So we did. He passed us and we moved in on February 14th. And um, it was the best Valentine's Day ever. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Valent yeah, that is a great Valentine's gift. Yes. But yeah, congratulations on that. And so you were, my understanding, the 20th Habitat home in this area. Yes. Uh, in 1996. So 26 years later, I'm, I'm sure you know this, they're just... Uh, did their 200th. Yes. Uh, we were so excited to yeah. see Very that. Exciting. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, so from the 20th to the 200th. Uh, yeah. And the, 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 the rate at which they're cranking out habitat houses is much more than it was back then. It was a very slow process. Um, and they have just, they're doing such an awesome job and putting a lot of families into homes. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I do remember um, when we moved in, of course, they like to have a home dedication. Yes. Um, it was an incredible experience for us. Yes. Because there were so many people that 
were a part of it. Yes. And to have them gather together like that yeah. in our home and be part of that dedication uh, was remarkable to see how many lives really were involved in that oh, process. Because it was a lot of our friends and family, but then beyond that, there were just so many volunteers that were, I don't remember how many people ended up coming to the dedication, but it was a lot was a of people event. in a 950 square foot house. <laughs> Fortunately, it was nice. So they were inside and outside, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of people. It was, it was quite lovely. Yes. My understanding is some of the neighbors maybe weren't weren't super excited about a habitat house <laughs> there coming was into the neighborhood. One neighbor in particular, yes, and I'll let Dan tell that story because he's the one that. Dealt so with it was it. interesting. Early on, um, they did the excavation on the property, dropped the trees, leveled the lot, and then it was time to put up the habitat sign just to kind of show here's here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Here are some of the sponsors kind of listed out. And so I was actually there, happened to be there that day to help them install that sign and had a neighbor walk by um, and just just threw an absolute fit. Uh, he was so angry and, and very vocal about it, very and detailed, vulgar. vulgar, yes, about how these poor people live and what that's going to do to his neighborhood and what what the kids would be like and mm -hmm. and of course he had no idea that I was the homeowner he just assumed I was you know on staff or one of the volunteers and and he was very crude about what he thought we were going to do as a family living there and well yeah so, cuz you you explained to him that you were the homeowner thinking Maybe he would back down a little bit, but he didn't. He just got up in your face and yeah. like, you keep your blank and blank and kids in your own yard. And he was very angry. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I, I felt like, um, I felt like an ambassador at yes. that point for yes. Habitat and thought, well, could I change this um, for him? And so he... He would walk daily past the house. That was his exercise. And and each day I would try to interact with him, yeah. at least a pleasant greeting. And and I was very consistent about that and and we got to talk more and more and and in the end I think he welcomed us. He did. It took time. Oh, yeah. But he did eventually. He complimented us. He yeah. complimented us on our yard and how well-behaved our children were. And um, I think at least that one person, maybe we changed their perception a little bit <laughs> on what Habitat is all about because he was not a happy camper when it came to, yeah. Yes. It's It's very important for us to communicate that difference between because I think too often the standard feeling is that the habitat is just giving people houses mm -hmm. and, you know, why are we doing that? That that doesn't seem – why isn't everyone getting a house? Mm -hmm. And so it's very important for us to change that perspective and really do some educating about yes. the process. And, and, yeah, we're paying a mortgage just like everyone else has to pay a mortgage. And – we had to work for that, and, and that's how our down payment worked. And so that saying that it's it's really a hand up, it's not a hand out, is 
it's such a simple phrase, but it really encapsulates what what's happening. Mm-hmm. No one's just giving you something. Um, yeah. It's a partnership, mm-hmm. uh, and that's so important. And it, there's not enough of that in today's world, that, that working together to make something happen. Well, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say it's a partnership that went well beyond just the build of the house as well. Um, a year after we moved into the house, I had a uh, rather catastrophic health event Um and we weren't sure I was going to make it through. I had a heart issue. Um, and at the time, uh, it meant Dan had to take quite a bit of time off of work. Uh, there was a lot of medical bills. There was, you know, and in and in the past, that would mean, okay, we got to find somewhere else to live because we're not going to be able to meet our rent. And yet Habitat just came around us and they said, you're not going to lose your home. You know, it's going to be okay. We're going to give you some grace. And they did. And we kept up with our payments. Um, but I think some of them were late. Yeah, they weren't always um, on time. They weren't on time for those first few months because it was very difficult. Um, and it was it was beautiful to have that support and that comfort of knowing I have people that are pulling for me. Yes. Um, you know, these people aren't aren't just like, okay, you're two minutes late and you're out the door. It was, again, uh, I use this so often, but it's true. It was life-changing for us to absolutely have that security of knowing this is our home and we don't have to leave. Even if things don't go exactly right, someone is going to work with us and we're going to continue to you know, make it through. And I, I just, I so appreciated that about the Habitat staff and, um, and the, the whole mission that they have is not just build a house, get them in, and you're done. It is definitely a, it's a lifetime partnership. I wonder, Tina, if the peace of mind you had around your home situation improved your healing. Oh, absolutely. You improved your health outcome, yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt. As a matter of fact, Dan and I talked about this and have said this many times as we've spoke about Habitat, but we had totally lost all hope in any kind of future. We'd quit dreaming. We'd quit planning, you know, for the future. Um, And once we ended up in our home, we started dreaming and planning and, and hoping again, and that's you know, that peace of mind is a huge part of that healing. And and it's not just my, we, we had many things that we went through as a family. And knowing that you have one less major stressor, do I have a place to live? Am I going to be kicked out of my home? Not having to deal with that meant that we had the energy to be able to deal with some of other things that life threw at us um, with a better mindset, I think, and, and more confidence and, uh, and and a lot more peace than we probably would have had otherwise. Your story, uh, both of you with, with the neighbor who was mm-hmm. unhappy, to me is also a, a, another whole story mm-hmm. about deciding to become a peacemaker and ambassador. It would have been easy maybe to have become resentful and mm-hmm. maybe just sort of been kind of grumbly. Is that a life commitment of yours? Because it sounds like you stepped into that fair I, – I wouldn't say necessarily easily, but that felt like a thing that was just natural to you. It's hard to think back exactly where I was emotionally or mentally 
But that idea of this working together on something really resonated with me. And so to, yeah, the working together, to be able to communicate that and educate people on the the benefits of doing that, it felt very comfortable. And I, I so firmly believed in it that it wasn't an artificial rah-rah kind of thing. It really, I, I, honestly believe it and i i believe it to this day we're we're not gonna make it on our own none of us are um we have to f- figure out how to work together mm-hmm. and solve these things together and you know housing is is a big piece of that no one person is going to step up and solve this problem we're going to work on it together mm-hmm. so habitat for humanity as a community organization which i had not seen before you talk about it as you called it your little yellow cottage. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, just a cute little, we, we tried to make it cute. And I garden, so we had a nice garden. And um, and we felt like, because when we moved in, the neighborhood was um, less than desirable. We'll just put it <laughs> that way. Um, there was some drug activity around the corner. There was a lot of things that uh, were we're not great. Um, so we felt like, you know, we're going to try to raise the neighborhood up a little bit with our place and see how it goes. And and I think we did. I think that we, yeah. um, you know, we had our little yellow cottage and we made it cute. And uh, we invited people. We had lots of visitors. Um, so many people came in and out of that little house. It was amazing. Um, we actually had, there was a uh, delegates, uh, uh, delegates from Africa. Boy, you're going to have to. I don't know if I can get this right or not. Anyway, they came to study Habitat for Humanity, oh, yeah. and these wonderful women. Uh, I think they were from Uganda and uh, a couple of other countries, and I can't remember off the top of my head now. It's been a long time ago, but they came through our home, and it was so fun. We had so many people through that house. Um, just trying to share what we had been given. We feel like we were so blessed and we wanted to bless other people. And um, and we really did try to do that. So, yeah, I think that we kind of brought the neighborhood up a little bit. And, of course, it didn't hurt that not many years later, housing prices started going up and the West Side was very desirable. So, right. mm-hmm. so Tina, were you a gardener? Before you had your own place to garden? Not much, no. Um, Dan's grandmother uh, was a gardener, and Oma taught me well. And uh, she gave us a lot of things from her yard that we put in our yard, and she would tell me what we should do here and there. And um, and so I learned a lot of gardening skills through that. And now I not only do it as a hobby, but I do it as a profession as well. So I do a lot of gardening. And um, that's one thing we missed when we sold the house, because we sold it in February, uh, actually, again, on February 14th seems to be the day that we move. Um, And so a lot of the plants that Oma had given us were under two feet of snow at the time, and we weren't able to bring them with us. And I have driven by the house, and they're not there any longer, and it makes me sad. But we have lots of pictures, and we enjoyed it for 18 years. So, yeah. So how did your children, how did they react to having this house now, their own own home to, to live in and 
hang out in. And my understanding is you had some chickens, so <laughs> we <laughs> have that was a ways well. down the road. But <laughs> okay. yeah, we did okay. we did have some chickens at one point. You know, I think that the kids as well. There was just a. <sighs> Like just a sigh yes. of relief for all of us. I'm not sure that they were consciously aware of it as much as we were, but there definitely was just that sense of we know where we're going to be tomorrow and the next day and next year. We don't have to worry about, well, you know, are we going to be here? Are we going to be there? Do we have to move? Is there some? It, it just wasn't there. Um, and our oldest daughter at the time um, had already had to change schools. She was only in first grade, I think, maybe second grade when we built the house. I think so, yes. And um, had already had to change schools because mm-hmm. we had to move. So I think that there was just that sense of we, we're here. We're home. We're We're not having to go anywhere. This is truly home. It's not a temporary housing. This is where we are. And I think it did make a difference for them. Maybe fast forwarding a little bit, one day, I guess you made the decision to sell that home. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, two. I guess uh, sort of two two pieces to that one, what made you decide to, to move on? And then <laughs> And the other question to to bring out the point that um, that I'm not sure a lot of people understand that when you buy a home through Habitat, it's your home, right? That you can sell at some point. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, first of all, just kind of the logistics of how that worked for us, at least, is that Habitat holds the first right of refusal on the home. So it's not that we just can sell at any point. Um, they want to make their intent is that it stays within affordable housing mm-hmm. environment. They they don't really want to lose those houses outside of their their whole mission. And so that, that's part of the thing. Um, it's a 20-year mortgage, uh, typically, or it was at least in our case. And and so in for us, they decided to grant us that that we were close enough to the 20 years that they would allow us to just sell it in, on the open market. Uh, but the reason we decided we needed something else was interesting. We had raised three children in that <laughs> pretty small Very small home house, yeah. yeah. And small, a lot, you know, there was not much, uh, not much property with it. And we seemed to do okay. And then when we ended up with our grandchildren, uh, who we've adopted since? Um, it became the way twins, too small. All of a <laughs> it seemed very crowded in that house. Like there, they are some very active young ladies. And part were. of it, of course, is as we age, we're probably less tolerant um, yeah. <laughs> of the little ones, and so we quickly felt like, oh wow, we've outgrown this house. Um, let's let's talk about this and let's pursue this. What what are our options? What could we be looking at? Yeah. Well, yeah. and and let me just back up just a little bit. The the way that that works is up to a certain point. Melissa, you're going to have to let me know if it's still this way. At least back when we did it, up to a certain point, I think up to five years or something. You, if you were to sell the house, you get out of the house what you put into the house. After that point, it's a percentage. So if you've paid eighty percent of the house, you receive eighty percent of the proceeds. And so for us, we were very near the end. So we did owe Habitat a little bit at the yes. end, but 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 they did decide yes, we could sell it on the open market. They didn't want to they didn't want to purchase it back at that point. So I just wanted to clarify yeah, that a good little point. bit. Good point. Yes. 
we're back really where we started with your in and now you're several years, what, eight years now yeah. into your yeah, it'll be nine your years new, in February. Your new home, your mm-hmm. little ranch yeah. uh, on the east side. <laughs> we call it Rawhide Ranch. It's not actually a ranch. My daughter-in-law, who um, is a you know a horse person and who uh, deals with real ranches, she did tell my son. She was like, "They do realize this isn't really a ranch, right?" <laughs> it's like, no, we know it's not actually a ranch, but. It went with the name because it's on Rawhide, so we call it Rawhide Ranch, and that's what we call it. We do have enough dogs and cats and chickens, though, that I think it qualifies as something at least. So, I want to ask, I mean, did you think in the uh, early 90s, right, that, that not that many years later, I mean, it's been a while, but that you would uh, – you would live at you would live at Rawhide Ranch with all kinds of dogs and cats and chickens and, never. and twins and no never right no as a matter of fact when we moved in we spent the first I don't know several months and we would wake up in the morning and we would look out we have a beautiful huge backyard and we would just stand and look out in the backyard and feel like. There was just going to be that knock at the door saying, uh, this isn't really real. You can't live here. There's some – we just – it was such a – it was such a dream. We just couldn't even believe it would happen. And and again, it was because of Habitat because um, – because it was on the west side, it sold for a good piece of money, and we were able to buy this house for about the same price that we sold our little habitat house for. So it was uh, just a further blessing, and um, yeah, it was pretty wonderful. Yeah, we we often talk about what how different things would have been without oh. habitat, and I, I don't think we would have ever been on our feet. No. Um, you know, as soon as we got into our home, I was able to to apply for a better job, and um, which at the time just, wasn't really a better job. It yeah. was a had a good future, but we wouldn't have been able to have him take that job because it didn't make enough money for us to pay standard rent at the time. So he would have had to turn it down and go to work somewhere else. But because we had the affordable payment every month, he was able to take a job for less money that turned into a 15-year... A great career. Yeah, it yeah. really did, yeah. And so there are, there are so many ways um, and very tangible ways that Habitat made a difference. Mm-hmm. Far beyond just providing, uh, uh, helping us get a, a safe roof mm-hmm. over our heads and the stability that that offered, but the blessing just kept rolling over and over and mm-hmm. over. And it's been really important to us then to pass that on anywhere that we can. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't ever take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't forget um, how we got where we are today. And it's very important to us that we share that home in a lot of different ways with a lot of friends and people staying over and enjoying the property. And, and of course, we talked about multi-generational living there and mm-hmm. how that was possible and wouldn't have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it, it has continued to bless us. And not just us, but... Yeah. Family members and yeah, so the the blessing from Habitat has definitely there's been a ripple effect for, for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so affordable housing is not just about a house you can afford; 
Right. It's about opening up all kinds of other possibilities uh, in people's yes. lives. Oh, yeah, yes. that's that's great for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so um, I, I want to thank you so much for, for coming. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Well, just just to say how much we appreciate that you're doing this mm-hmm. and giving us this opportunity to share that story and and maybe do a little bit of educating and maybe making a little bit of difference in in where we can and mm-hmm. just giving us a voice yeah. is so important. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you so much. I mean, for coming here today but also for for what you've done in the community with uh, with uh, the blessings I know you've bestowed on a lot of different people. So very powerful, really, really a treat to, to meet you and get a chance to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.